Let's go to Space Blue Sky Learning, Episode 53, Distinctive Experiences, How Middle Schoolers Present and Write for International Conferences. Today, we meet with 7th and 8th grade members of the Aerospace and Innovation Academy, our parent company, to discuss one aspect of the unique opportunities our students are eligible to undertake that help separate them from their peers. Argirios Dini Vaitsos, Michael Makati, and Finlay Strauss are middle schoolers who've written several technical papers and have even presented at international conferences, including the IAC, or the International Astronautical Congress in Dubai, and most recently, the Hawaiian International Conference on Education in January. Today, they will share about why they take on adult-style responsibilities and how doing so has helped to prepare them for their next steps in life. If you or a student you know is interested in doing this kind of experiential STEM work, please check out our website at www.aerospacehigh.org or our social media sites on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, stay tuned after the show for our takeaways. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for spending some time with us to share your experiences about conference proposal writing and presentations. Um, I want to start off first with maybe asking all of you to share out who you are, just to brief your name and your, you know, your grade, but also how you got an interest in even wanting to speak or write about all things science. So let's start with Finley. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my name is Finley Strauss. I'm in seventh grade. Um, when I first heard about what Ms. Christensen and Mr. Simmons were doing, I was extremely interested. Launching a CubeSat into space, like writing papers for these really high-level conferences, I knew I wanted to definitely be part of the conference and the presenting aspect. So that's where I mainly work in. All right. How about we go to Dini? Uh, hi, I'm Dini Vaitsos. Uh, I'm a seventh grader currently. And uh, I joined uh, the Aerospace and Innovation Academy uh, because I was really interested with uh, CubeSats. I remember at our school uh, one day uh, of the launch of the YSAT-1 satellite, I thought it was really amazing that students like us could launch CubeSats into space. And I definitely wanted to be part of that. All right, Mike. Hi, I'm Michael McCarty. I'm an eighth grader. And I first got interested in aerospace when I went to the ACES summer camp at the Weiss School and Mr. Simmons was hosting it. And I found it very interesting how there were so many different math equations to go um, up to space and the building of the actual rockets. And I saw the different people there who were very smart and they, they had so many different ideas. So that really inspired me to join the team and just go with whatever happens. All right. Well, great. So welcome to all of you. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit today about the actual conferences and the idea of writing these technical papers. Most people don't get these opportunities until they're in college and even after. Uh, so what? Um, tell us a little bit about maybe what papers you've written for throughout your, your time with us um, or even presented at. And uh, we'll kind of piggyback off and you know, off of each other. So feel free to just kind of whoever wants to start and then chime in. All right, I'll start then. So most recently, I worked with um, two or three high schoolers on the Mars Lunar Rover, and we presented that paper in Dubai. But from my understanding, they started the rover around 2018. So it's been a while. And there's been a lot of testing, but I've only been a part of the team for the last probably six months. 
and I focused more on writing, help write the paper and present it in Dubai. And then I also had a few abstracts for space settlement because the past two years, this year and last year, I have been leading our space settlement team. And that's basically a settlement that has to be in our solar system and you can do it for anything. So it can be based on tourism, research and development, industry, mining, basically anything. And I've written a few abstracts, but unfortunately they weren't accepted. Well, so let me go back for a second. I know Mr. Simmons wants to go back to, um, so the part where you were talking about the Rover paper. So when you were saying that you had presented that in Dubai, that was for the International Astronautical Congress this year. Is that correct? It was just happened to be held in Dubai. So what was like, a, what was difficult about joining a paper that maybe had already had some work done to it? Uh, were there struggles with that? I think the most difficult part was understanding what, what had already been done because there had already been prior testing. And in order for me to talk about the topic, I had to understand the testing and understand what the importance of it was in case there are any questions. And so I could elaborate more on the next steps and future of the rover. Sure. And here's a, a question about the interactions you had with the older students. Now, they had been in the CubeSat team before you. What was your high-level observation of working with the those students? That I think the best part about working with them was then when I messed up on something, they would help me correct it and guide me on how to do better in the future, especially when it came to presenting, because they had had a lot more experience with that. And I had, I had some trouble with it in the beginning, but I got a lot better. So it sounds like it was a good, uh, it was a good working relationship. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. Well, any of the other two want to jump in, talk a little bit about some of your experiences, uh, some difficulties, strengths? Yeah. So um, when I was in fifth grade, a lot of the older members were um, presenting at the Missileers banquet. And because I was like considering going into the program, Ms. Christensen and Mr. Simmons invited me to observe and watch them present. And after I saw them give their presentation, I was just in awe at how they were basically just a year or two older than me. And they were giving such a high level presentation. And I really wanted to be part of that. So the other day I was comparing one of my, my first paper, which was for the International Astronautical Congress, compared to the one I recently did for another conference. And I was just shocked about how my writing has improved so much between when I did my first paper to now. And it's just, I've learned so much on how to write properly, which will help me so much later in life. You don't get sick of all my edits? What, um, and what was the second conference you spoke at? Um, so like- the one most did, recently. Oh, the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics, the AIAA SciTech conference. Very good. You even spoke at that one where they were in Orlando a couple of years back, right? You were a fifth grader then too, if I think. A couple of you were at that one. The SciTech in Orlando where that whole big group went, right? Oh yeah, I remember that. that right, that you've really cool. got so many things on your resumes now. All right, Deanie, what about you? Um, I uh, liked presenting at the Hawaii International Conference recently. Uh, I was uh, doing a paper with uh, my teacher, Ms. Christensen, and um, I really enjoyed the presentation. I remember being really, really nervous right before it because I had never really gotten up in front of like that many people and presented. And so it was really cool being able to present to them. And right. uh, 
Now, now, Dini, you and, and some other uh, students, you also uh, were part of a poster session. Could you share a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, uh, my teammates and classmates and I, uh, we wrote a paper on artificial intelligence and integrating it into the K-12 classroom. And we presented it at the same Hawaii International Conference on Education. And um, what we found is that there are five main ways that artificial intelligence can be implemented into the classroom in the future. Uh, the first of which is it can save time for teachers. Uh, AI can be a very useful tutor. It can enhance student health and uh, it can help teachers become learning motivators and it can provide immediate feedback to students and teachers. What was your, what was, so you presented both ways. You presented traditionally and you presented by the poster. So which did you find to be, um, I don't know, the most challenging or maybe share about the differences between the two? Um, uh, there are a lot of differences. Um, for the podium, it was much more difficult because uh, you had to like memorize like a set script almost and present it there. But the poster was a lot more relaxed because it was more of a discussion, which I liked uh, actually a lot more. And then with the poster, you could go and uh, look at other people's posters during the session. And a lot of people had very cool posters there. Actually, and it's a great way to meet new people, right? To work a, a poster session. And that reminds me, we, we have to build some new posters for SmallSat, which will be coming up soon. and. Uh, that's going to be a great conference in Utah for the satellites. Excellent. Um, Michael, you have worked with a large number of students on something we call the, the Space Settlement Contest through the National Space Society. What are some of the challenges that you've had in organizing all of these different you know, students with different viewpoints and trying to make a cohesive paper that will be your submission for this competition? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges this year, and it was actually more of a challenge last year, was how we interacted during COVID because we did have some in-person meetings, but they weren't always, they were pretty short around 45 minutes where now we're having more virtual meetings and sometimes not everyone is able to attend or it's harder to convey the, the actual, what we're trying to do. So there are challenges with that, but it also does make it easier when we do have virtual meetings because we're able to have more meetings and email's actually been a big part of it. I'd say another one of the challenges was separating the teams out to people's specialties or what, they're, um, what they enjoy. So I think in order to make the teams, you have to understand the pairings of individuals. So if you put an eighth grader with another eighth grader, that might not be the best strategy to go with because they're, this is their final year on the team for space settlement in middle school. And they are, it'd be better for them to lead a separate team and develop sixth and seventh graders rather than work together. And I'd say this year, we, we've been able to effectively do that because we've had about four eighth graders, two sixth graders, and about three seventh graders. So it's pretty evened out and everyone's been doing pretty well so far. Yeah, I'm, I'm always very proud of the ownership that you students take, especially the leader. I've, I've, I've been fortunate for about the last four years, we've had really strong student leaders on those 
And, th and that paper ends up being, I think it's what, 50 pages with artwork, illustrations, references, everything. It's, it's a very substantive paper, so it's well done. I'm gonna turn a question on to you, Mr. Simmons, since uh, some of our listeners may be new, maybe they don't really know um, at all really what the program does. Do you wanna maybe share a little bit about your philosophy that kind of got to where you would have kids writing or doing university level work? Sure, um, I, I believe in a, a very, um, robust version of the growth mindset. I believe in something called blue sky learning. That's the personal philosophy that these students are actively modeling and, and engaging in. And that involves taking these um, ridiculous deliverables uh, that should not, you know, 12 year olds normally aren't thought of as being satellite builders, but they do it, they can do it, they have done it, they will do it again. In addition to the actual aerospace and the CubeSat program, there are many opportunities because this CubeSat mission was going to take two to three years. So we need ways to keep students engaged, motivated, and help build them. Uh, and really, we call it human capital development. We're really trying to help build the next generation of the STEM workforce. So one great way that these students do this is to, as Michael said, find their passions uh, and run with them. Uh, as Michael, he, he might, might have alluded to, but there are kids who enjoy doing art. There are kids who write music. There are kids who do the uh, CAD drawings or mission patches, more artistic design stuff. And then there are kids like uh, Finley who are really comfortable and enjoy writing and presenting. So, and, and, and Deanie is a little bit of both. Uh, and, and that is one way that we allow the students to not only get wins and build their confidence, but they're also getting imp important um, job skills, especially the soft skills, the way that you guys communicate with one another, the way you have to work together in small teams, the way you have to uh, do mission planning and project management and meet your deadlines. All of these things we think help best prepare you to be very productive and successful down the road. All right, well, so from your perspective, students, right? So Mr. Simmons says that, you know, that's the expectation in order to be able to achieve these things, but not every student can do what you, you all are doing. So what do you think, it, what do you think is it about yourselves or you can speak for yourself as an individual that um, enables you to, to take advantage of these opportunities the way you do? Why don't we start with Finley? We'll go kind of like from Finley to Deanie to Michael. So for me, when I first started on the team, I had, I saw all of the older students. And when I first started joining the weekly webinars, again, I saw all the, the older students. I asked to be on projects and I had them as such a great mentor. Like for example, I saw them submit the waist at one and the caps at one. So I actually went in for the, I presented that preliminary design review um, in 2021 in October at Kennedy Space Center, because along with someone else, we came up with a CubeSat idea to submit to NASA CSLI. So I think the reason that I do all of this is because I always just wanna learn more. When I first came into this, I just wanted to do like the conferences, but as I went through, I began getting more interested in the technical aspects of things like PDR. So from a personality or, or from like a learning aspect, you are an inquisitive natural learner. And because you're able to do as much as you want or as little as you want, you're one of those who likes to really embrace as much of it as possible. That's kind of your student mentality or personality, right? Yes, definitely. All right, good. How about you, Deanie? Um, 
I do it because I really find these opportunities valuable and all of these skills that you learn from doing these um, activities, I find them really valuable to myself, which is why I try to do my best to learn as much as I can from these. And uh, actually, uh, um, my family used to live in California and we moved to Florida. One of the main reasons was for uh, this Aerospace and Innovation Academy because it's extremely valuable. Um, which just uh, reinforces how important it is and how uh, much I like it. So what do you think about, so Finley said for her perspective as a student, Dini, that it was like her desire to want to know more. When, when you think about your characteristics that enable you to do these things, right? So you liked it, that's one thing. So you're, you're naturally inquisitive too, but obviously there's something that separates you students from like your average kid who might not even turn in his assignments on time. So Dina, do you also think that maybe there's something like, how do you manage your, like time management keeps coming up and like, how, how do you manage uh, yourself to be able to do all these things? Is that something that comes naturally for you or? Uh, I find uh, time management very difficult at some times, uh, but what I've really learned is that if you take like a big project like writing a paper and you break it up over a, a large amount of time, uh, where each day you just do like maybe a small amount uh, over that large amount of time, it's really useful because then you do not get overwhelmed, like you're not stuck the entire last night of like a deadline just working on it. And um, it's really easy then to make a really good project because then if something goes wrong, you still have enough time to maybe understand the problem and fix it and make sure you do good on that project. So, right, Michael, what is it about you that um, as your personality, your, as a student, that allows you to build your resume the way you are? I mean, I, I agree with Finley. Um, it's more like a desire to keep learning. And this program is not like something you can find at any other school or any other states, actually. And it's very special in that it allows students to create their own ideas and develop them and also expose them to the real world environment of aerospace. So I think that passion for learning is very important. And with that, that gives you a desire and work ethic to get things done and right. keep working on it. Uh, well, this question, then you, you may have partially answered it. This goes out to anyone. What are the differences in your involvement with the Wolfpack and the Aerospace and Innovation Academy and your everyday classroom, your, your standard academic, what, what you do at school? Uh, what, what would you say are the, the differences? You're learning in general, like the differences in learning, I think. So I think the main difference is um, here, it's so hands-on, like it's more straightforward and it's hands-on because we're actually going to be, if they're accepted, we get to build CubeSats. And for all these conferences, we get to go and actually present. Sometimes at school, we're just like typing up things that we never actually get to use or show our knowledge. It's just kind of like, oh, here's a paper and now it's done. We don't get to go back to that. But here we use our knowledge that we learned from day one all the way throughout the program, which I find is really beneficial. So, so what you're saying, I think, is exactly like um, one of uh, one of our goals. Is so instead of just learning something, you're doing something. You're exactly. Finding. Anyone else want to comment on that? I mean, I think another aspect of that is working with other people, and from my experience, I've been able to lead space settlement. But for for say Finley, she's been able to lead a CubeSat, and I remember being a sixth grader. I was under one of the eighth graders and he was helping me 
and we, we designed and submitted a CubeSat to the CSLI program. So in a lot of, in school, you're mainly an individual working by yourself, getting your own grades. But I think part of this academy is that you work with other people and it teaches you how to develop relationships and also assess different people and how to be successful with them. That's really, really good comment. Do you need anything? Uh, yeah, I also find a lot of the uh, things that we learn at the Aerospace and Innovation Academy are much more complex than what we learn at school. And they're much more interesting than, let's say, algebra. Like um, uh, in aerospace, we learned the Hohmann transfer with like a lot of very complex math. And it was really interesting to learn how to do it properly and uh, be able to complete the entire problem, which took like a really long time compared to like easy other problems at school. Dini, you mentioned algebra, but would you not agree that the Hohmann transfer is a set of algebra equations, but they have a very specific purpose? Yeah, it is uh, like algebraic equations, but it's like, um, there's a lot of them and they're, I guess, much more complex than like what you would get at school. And they're much more interesting I think it's it aligns kind of like with what Finley was saying the idea that you or, or maybe it was Michael now the idea that you're learning something but you're actually doing it so yeah you can learn those mathematical formulas but when you see them in action it actually reinforces why we do what we do right so just a couple of quick questions for you about your your um I don't know if you want to share any fun moments or your favorite moments but some of you have experience speaking I don't know to any number of places like Finley with Amazon or wherever else um specifically Dubai for Michael and Hawaii for Dini so share out like what was your favorite part about that conference let's start with Michael let's go all the way back to Dubai which well is and I also want to add Michael actually was on a trip I think pre-COVID to um, IAC in, in when, DC, when right? it was in Washington, DC. Yeah, so it can be yeah. any number of like a favorite memory, a favorite story that you have where we were actually doing the real work, right? So go ahead, let's, let's start in Dubai first, just because that's one of my favorite. I mean, besides the city, it was a beautiful city. Um, I think the most, the most probably satisfying moment was actually presenting. And it was also the most stressful moment because we were presenting, we, we were in a technical session with all these people from around the world who were, had PhDs and had gone to college and were very experienced in the field. And they, they basically knew exactly what we were talking about. So if we messed up a word or we said something that didn't quite add up, they were going to ask questions and make sure they fully understood. So I think it was very stressful, but once we did it and when we were doing it, um, it made it really came together and it was very, very fun. And the expo was super cool, right? To be able yeah. to walk around and kind of network with all those companies from different places. Let's go to Hawaii with Dini. What's your favorite part about Hawaii? Uh, oh, in Hawaii in general, um, it's, it was really cool to see all of the lava rocks they have there on the big island. As like anywhere else, you don't really see like a bunch of like gray rocks just for like miles actually and that was really cool and also the resort where the conference was at it was really cool they had like this train to go between the like the different hotel places and it was really cool but any anything as far as the presentation did you find it laid back a little bit because Dini has a funny story I, I'm sure he'll tell you on his own about his luggage and about how I forgot my suit 
And uh, Dini, Dini had to go buy a Hawaiian shirt that morning because his luggage never, their parents' their luggage either never made it to Hawaii the whole time. So we were like relaxed and like chill for the most part, right, Dini? Like we had a nice relaxed yeah. and the breakfast every morning. Let's yeah, the it. breakfast was very cool. Um, Finley, you have a lot of presentations under your belt, but you also have a lot of different like accomplishments. So when you think back to maybe favorite memories, and it can be as far back or whatever, or even current, what are some of your favorite memories or, and what was it that you think has been like your, one of your best accomplishments? So one of the kind of funniest memories. So um, we didn't do the IEC DC trip. It was another one. It was the CBD DC. It was virtual. So um, basically we were going in to present for, I think one of Matt Gates um, staffers and we weren't sure if he was going to be there. So um, one of the members of the team accidentally deleted everything on our doc. We didn't use a script. We just had main talking points. So like, it was like, we had just been like led into the meeting and it wasn't there. So we were just like scrambling to find it and I had to go first. So I just did it like all impromptu. But then right after I went, the person like somehow like went back in the history and like did it because their command Z wasn't working. So it was very stressful because I didn't have like my points, but we laughed about it after because that meeting was just like very fun. Well, yeah, if I recall, I thought you were going to share how he he kind of uh, unprofessionally dropped an F-bomb with these young middle school students <laughs> who were there. Uh, yeah, he was, he's a fun story to, to share. By the yeah. way, for those listening, the CBD is a legislative advocacy uh, trip where we, we go every year. Go and it's actually with the uh, aerospace, uh, um, the... Uh, um, American, American Institute. Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics, their annual call on Congress, which before COVID was always live and in person. And we're hoping, you know, we eventually can get back to that as Not well. Not this but, year. But uh, these middle schoolers actually take the role of uh, industry folks and college students, and they call on, we, we try to call on all the Florida offices. So the Finley and, and all the kids that do that, they do a tremendous job of bringing the aerospace message to our lawmakers. And again, I want you guys to think about it as we come to a close here, and I'll ask you the final question, but you really are experiencing and I hate to say like experiences again, because that's redundant, but these opportunities that are separating you in ways that even adults don't have. So you've got to stick with that, right? And that's one of those things that, you know, your middle school helps you get to your high school that you want. Your high school helps you get to your college, college through life and all of that. So I hope that you guys will stick with it. And I know that again, it goes back to that kind of learner that you are. So my final question is always about advice. So if there are some listeners who are like, ah, oh, this is kind of sounds cool, but I'm really not sure if it's for me or for students in general who want to take on and start experiencing education in this style where you're doing rather than just learning, what would you say? And we're going to go ahead and start and we'll go with Dini this time and then we'll finish up with Finley last. So go ahead, Dini and then Michael. Uh, so one of the best pieces of advice I could give is just um, persevere. I remember this one time I had to write this script and record a video uh, like by the end of the day and like at noon I would I just wanted to give up I just wanted to send an email like I'm sorry something happened and I'm not really able to do it and I really really wanted to but then I decided to just uh, do it and work on it and it turned out really nice and the video went great so just keep going even if it seems like I can't do this. It's not good. Just keep with it. 
I feel that way all the time. You guys have heard my horror stories about getting up and presenting about how I feel like I'm going to like, all of a sudden something weird happens with my body and I feel like I see myself running away. So that's normal. You got to stick it through. All right, let's go to Michael. Well, I've been thinking, I've been thinking for the past like 30 seconds about it. And there's almost like there's two sides to it. There's, there's one side where you're not really going to get these opportunities again and you might as well take advantage. So work now, rest later. And then there's the other side of it is that you don't want to burn yourself out and overcommit yourself because there are times when you should say no. So I think what you have to do is you have to understand your yourself and what you're capable of and take, do the best you can to still, still, still enjoy life, but also take advantage of this opportunity because you'll never get it again. Do you find that sometimes when you take advantage of these opportunities that you end up enjoying them after they're done, even though there's work, there's work involved to get there? I would agree that too. But sometimes like I've gotten to like in summer, I remember going from sixth grade to seventh grade. I wanted to do some work, but I didn't really do as much work as I'd hoped. And I felt really, really bad about that because I saw everyone else doing all these different projects and I'm like, I should have done more of that. And then later in that seventh grade year, I committed to a lot of different projects and some of them I weren't able to fully complete to the best of my ability. So it's a trade-off. You have to- It is that time management thing for sure. I, I believe you probably learned valuable, you know, you learned a valuable lesson about yourself during that time though. And honestly, guys, that's part of growing up is you need enough experiences that you can glean from them. What is my takeaway? You know, and it looks and that was I mean, that it's very solid what you've said. And 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 Didi, you as well, because I, I would you guys agree aerospace is going to space is hard and failure is sort of built in. It's sort of baked in that when you do these really hard things, you're going to fail. And that's OK. Right. Fail, fail fast, fail often, learn from your mistakes. All right, Finley, you're our last. Wrap it up. What did uh, what advice do you have for someone? Um, so there was one time, so this September to around October, I was working around five projects. And one weekend, I just spent like getting it all done, just like finalizing everything I had been working on since summer. And as Mr. Simmons knows, I was working for AI, as you all know, I was doing AIA SciTech. And basically, my like the PowerPoint kept getting altered, like when I would film it, there was like this strange line in the middle and I kept having to refilm it because it was like a whole issue with the video. And like Dini said, I just wanted to be like, um, something came up, I need to go. But then I just looked at like how much I had worked for that. And I told myself like have persistence, determination and grit and like just dedicate to yourself and be patient. And it turned out my PowerPoint wasn't working, but just like those four things can really help you on your day-to-day -day life and when working on these projects. I think too, one of the skills that you probably are all gaining that you don't realize um, until those moments happen where something doesn't work, like your thing was deleted or there was, you know, this being able to know um, your content well enough and to also feel comfortable speaking to the point where if you have to kind of fluff it a little bit, you become better at that as you go so that you don't have to necessarily memorize a whole script. You can kind of use bullets to kind of go or if someone asks you the questions like at the poster sessions, you're able to, to converse. So whether you know it or not, these moments where it doesn't go as well as you want it to go are really probably the most beneficial. So yeah, 
I, I would say that um, you guys are three great examples of kids who are taking ownership for their own education. And like she said, if you own something and it's yours, it's not hard for you to, you know, do an impromptu on it because it's already inside you. And uh, I'm really, you know, I'll just say it in front of our audience. I'm, I'm very proud of the work that the three of you have done and continue to do. And I have nothing but high hopes that we're going to continue to do even better. Yeah, and you all things. in the Wolfpack and the NEA and makes it harder to work with other students who've never done this before because you guys have set the bar pretty high. So thanks for allowing us to set it here and you guys moving up there, right? Well, thanks for spending some of your morning with us today. I know that we have more work to do, so we're going to end it here. But um, thanks so much. We'll see you at the next meeting. You know, I, for one, uh, enjoy obviously working with students who want to work, but they've actually made me up my game, I think, not only as a teacher, but uh, in, in general, as far as an editor and being able to present. So uh, they've accomplished amazing, amazing things. Yes, I, I the most remarkable thing I took out of what they shared today was the maturity that those three kids have. They're way beyond the average 12-year-olds as far as... Um, how they look at life and they look at educating themselves and uh, they're just genuinely great, great humans to be around. Yeah. So um, in general, you know, I don't want those who are listening going, oh, but my child, you know, isn't quite ready for that to think that they have to automatically be at the level these students are. These students got this way because they started young. They were, you, you heard them mention a lot, the, the mentorships. We, we have those kinds of things in place as well so that your student kind of come in the amount that they want and with something that they're interested in. So there is sure. a place for everyone uh, and, who's interested and, in And that. also, for those of you that are thinking about this, but uh, your, your child may not have any experience, I always tell the team, everybody starts out at zero. All you need really is an interest in the subject and a willingness to do a little work. True. And you know what else they all have in common? Parents who are incredibly supportive and are allowing their children to take these risks, knowing that sometimes they may feel nervous, they may feel a bit of failure, but that at the end of the day, they're going to feel incredible um, gains and successes. So that's really helpful as well. All right. Please join us next time. As, as we, we say, say let's, let's go, go to, to space. space. Wait, before you go, did you get something out of today's podcast? Then please do us a favor. Make sure that you click on that subscribe button today so that you don't miss an episode. But most importantly, please leave us a positive review, whether you're listening on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or any other medium. Doing so helps to move our podcast up for others to find us as well. And of course, if you haven't checked out our Facebook page, please do so at Go To Space. That's G-O, the number two, space or visit our website at aerospacehigh.org.